0: Okay. I think you should introduce yourself first. (laughs) Okay.
1: Uh, So my name is Caleb Horton. Um, I'm here with my wife, Sarah.
0: That's me.
1: Horton as well. (laughs) Um, And currently we're holding our son, Micah, because he won't go to bed. But we wanted to record our first podcast anyway. So tentatively, we're calling this the Pagan Pastors and Sort of Saints podcast. Um, the line of thinking being we wanted to engage in conversation with people um, of different backgrounds and people who disagree with us, um, either re- in terms of religion or just in terms of culture and politics, or any topic really. Have anything to add to that?
0: No, I think that's um, pretty much the gist of this podcast is just. Well, and all, we also wanted to touch on, like, how in a culture filled with social media and Facebook, um, we're fed a, pretty much fed a diet of what we like.
1: Yeah, what so we're, we're trying to combat, food. yeah, in terms of, like, online with social media, it's very easy to be fed or, like, spoon-fed mm-hmm. um, people that agree with us. Um, it, yeah. It's designed to give us more of what we want instead of engaging us in conversation with people we might disagree with or concepts or ideas that uh, we feel threatened by.
0: yeah,
1: Um, So we're kind of trying to go out into territories that we wouldn't normally um, be in if we just stuck with social media.
0: All right. For conversation. When we say...
1: Different background...
0: Yeah, somebody who thinks differently than us. That's kind of the point of this podcast, is for us to talk to people who think differently than us. But we thought it'd be good to start the first podcast by having a clearer picture of who us is. So Or we are. Who we are. No, I'm just quoting what I said. Uh, so we thought maybe a good icebreaker, just to get us to stop being so awkward on the microphone and... Uh, tickle your ears we're gonna just go through our old premarital counseling book which a lot of it was uh, going through and by old
1: she means not that old because we've only been married for 18 months or something like that
0: so this book that we went through about like two years ago and it revealed a lot of the expectations that we had going into marriage or what our lives would be like and our backgrounds going into it so
1: oh yeah we could tell the story of how we met that's but a good that's icebreaker. One, yeah. Yeah, let's skip well, maybe we can still do both.
0: Yeah, we can cut out whatever we don't
1: like. Um so in the book, Sarah wrote that she thought I was the school drunk and protected her friend from me. Um because she thought I was going to take advantage of her friend. You
0: no. Know, you gotta tell like the real story. Right? Okay,
1: so at the time I was working at Applebee's, and I still am, or I am again. <laughs> And so I'd be up very late, and then I would go to class early in the morning, so my eyes would be a little more bloodshot than the average person. Um, and uh, the school had put me on probation for a minor drinking incident, um, in multiple ways minor drinking incident, mm-hmm. and um, rumors spread at our small Christian college, so Mixing that story with my bloodshot eyes, and that's why Sarah thought I was a school drunk. And uh, her friend was running around the dorm asking who wanted to go to Steak and Shake. And when I volunteered, that concerned Sarah because she had a perception of me that I was going to be the type of person that would take advantage of her friend.
0: He was a bad boy.
1: That's what she thought. And um, so we all went to Steak and Shake, and I just remember thinking who's this random girl that is laughing at all of my really stupid jokes.
0: Well, it turned out your sense of humor was the exact same as me and my friend Megan growing up. Yes, and stupid kid, really humor. Stupid yes.
1: <laughs> so, that's how we met.
0: And the rest is history. And the
1: rest and the rest is history.
0: Number 26.
1: What is your attitude towards children? I answered, love them.
0: Let me see. I said, like them. Mm. Close enough. 27, what did you say?
1: 27 is, when will you begin having children and how many? (laughs) Our (laughs) answer? (laughs) Uh, My answer was, a few years into marriage and four-ish kids.
0: I said at least three or four within three to four years. And but, we. But how does it compare to reality?
1: In reality, um, <laughs> we had our first child nine months and four days after our wedding, so a little earlier than a few years in, but that's all right. Wait,
0: what's twenty-eight?
1: Uh, what would you do if you cannot conceive biological children of your own? I said adopt. Me too. And these answers were given enough, like we didn't, we know, didn't each know each other's answers. Yes. We like
0: took this separately. Um.
1: Compared answers. Who will be the primary nurturer, caregiver of your children? Ooh. That's number 31. Um, I said neither. It will be both. Depends on child's preference a little. Wait,
0: is it 31? 31. Both. I will probably... School? Can't Sarah
1: read. can't read her handwriting because her handwriting is awful. No,
0: it's not that bad. It's just I don't remember
1: what I... You know. Thirty. Well, why can't you <laughs> I read probably
0: it? Probably... <laughs> Something that looks like school, but that doesn't make sense. Cook or crack? I'm,
1: it says cook. I'm doing crack. And then it says wildfire <laughs> no, more nurture, early on.
0: No, nurture more Oh, early on. yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. breastfeeding. She's so.
1: breastfeeding, so she's more nurturing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, okay.
0: Ooh, this is convicting. Number 33.
1: When and how often will you pray and study the Bible together? I said yeah. pray at meals. And maybe morning at night, study Bible, maybe weekly.
0: And I said, together, once, twice a week, pray at meals, hope for more.
1: Oh, number 39. What will you do during your vacations? I said, go camping, have sex, and travel. Number 39. Nothing. Sarah said, we're not going to do anything on vacation.
0: All right,
1: Caleb. Um all right. Let's see. I'm trying to find interesting ones. Good ones. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, well let's let's not do that one. No, let me see. Um Number fifty. Let's do that one. Uh it says what do you feel about your spouse's your spouse, singular, sometimes saying no to having sex. I said, that's fine. Unwanted sex sounds awful. And that's number 50.
0: 50? I think I got them like mixed up. I don't know. I wrote nightly to every other movie. I don't,
1: <laughs> I don't think, I think that answers thinking. the question. <laughs>
0: but then 49, which was five, A couple how, times a day. How many times do you think you have sex in the beginning of your marriage? I wrote a couple times a day wow Yeah. In the first uh, 49
1: movie. yeah i said daily to every few days later on sarah wanted to have sex multiple times a day i was ready to go finances <clears throat> um ah oh, uh, oh no i do have the earlier ones. number nine do
0: you have
1: number yeah. nine what is your conviction about debt and the use of credit cards? I said debt is bad most of the time. Never use credit card if not immediately paid off. Student loans can be helpful if necessary.
0: No debt, no credit cards. That's it. Wait, what's number 10?
1: Um, where do you want to live?
0: What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Why did I put that? <laughs> did you say i said urban homestead, oh, she said urban homestead But then listen to this wow maybe late maybe rural later in life 60s
1: okay well sarah's answer <laughs> about urban homestead is kind of close to mine mine said urban but with room to have a garden <laughs> never far from a city maybe grand rapids or detroit no, and we, we currently live to, in grand we rapids
0: in our
1: backyard. We, we have a garden bed
0: we got like two tomatoes from it last year
1: all right oh number 17 do you have that
0: Oh, yes, I do.
1: How often will you go out on dates? I oh. said at least once a week or maybe once every two weeks. I said
0: once a week. Wow. We go like once every three months. Every day
1: is a date with you, darling.
0: Oh.
1: Wow. Okay. What will the role of, t- number 18, what will the role of television be in your home? And what guidelines will you have about what to watch? <laughs> I said no TV, but have internet to watch Netflix and stuff.
0: I said nothing trashy. Maybe TV for movies every few days, programs once a week, sports every couple weeks. Why, did, why, why was I... Like I don't know. This? You don't even watch But ones. now we don't have a TV. I don't even watch We don't that. have Wi-Fi, so it doesn't matter.
1: What, how do you define trashy when you say nothing trashy?
0: Um, when you say that word, I think about one time I tried to watch a movie here by myself called Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. And that was... Like, yeah, that would be... The that defi- That's the definition of a trashing movie. I turn it off because I was like, what if there's a kid walking by and he can, like, look in the window and see this That's why we need curtains. Much? Yeah, it was a really disgusting movie. Mm. I wish I could unsee some things, so...
1: All right, well, moving uh, yeah, on. let's move on. <laughs> um, we oh, had some notes see. about what we wanted to talk about.
0: Uh, this has, like... Um, Okay.
1: Micah just okay. farted.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> it is unbearable. That smells like something died mixed with a rotting garden.
1: Sarah's trying to be funny.
0: <laughs> I am funny.
1: <laughs> All right, what's our note uh, say?
0: So who is a, who are we? Oh. Because we, I think that people need to understand, or it might be helpful for people to understand our background that. We grew up with, that's redundant, understanding our background, what influenced us, what influences us today in the way that we think about things and our worldview. So, first, I mean, we were both raised in a Christian home, but how Mm -hmm. about you go into detail about exactly what, because there's so many different, like, flavors of Christianity. Okay.
1: Um... Well, I was hoping to have Sarah introduce her church first.
0: Okay, I'll go first. Okay, so I pretty much grew up... Well, we went to like a Wesleyan church when I was really young. That's like as early as I can remember church. Uh, And then for the bulk of my life, we went to...
1: Here's Micah.
0: (laughs) The bulk of my life, we went to a very large... A mega church that was contemporary, non denominational, definitely had a lot of charismatic influences on it. Um, yeah. Um, I'll yeah. leave it at
1: that. Uh, I went to a fairly conservative uh, Baptist church with not a lot of charismatic influence at all. <laughs> um, you guys, there is about usually. Tongues, right? you know, no, no. Uh, usually. Uh, Around like 700 people, I think, would attend.
0: All right, and then growing up, I guess what, I'll start. Growing up, I had a lot of influences of, um, I don't know if that's relevant, but I'll talk about it. It's like going to church camp and going on mission trips and just kind of the classic checklist of like, if you were a kid raised in the church, like... You went on a mission trip, you'd go to summer camp, you Mm -hmm. went to winter camp, you served on the worship team or whatever that you were good at. Um, Or
1: not good at, because I was on the worship team at my church, and I was not so good.
0: Um, But yeah, that was like me being raised in a Christian home. I loved uh, Bethel and Hillsong, and I knew like three hymns, so... Yeah,
1: Yeah, I knew all (laughs) the other ones. (laughs) I like to play a game where I'll be, uh, whenever a hymn title comes up, I'll just be like, Sarah, do you know this song? And she'll be like, no. And then I start but, singing it. But, She's but, getting but better.
0: When I say yes, you're like, your jaw hits the floor. It does.
1: <laughs> Seeing as she only knew three prior to meeting me.
0: That's right. Um, Trying to think what else background-wise is important or relevant to this conversation.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I both, I went to... Uh, mission trips and youth group events and summer camp and winter retreats and everything. Um, and kind of got like the same um, upbringing with a different flavor, I guess, as Sarah and her church. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess um, the main th- like theme that I got was like leadership as a teen. I went to team leadership conference several years in high school Um And the idea was that, like, we were the next generation and we had to be leaders in our culture if we wanted to influence the world for Christ, which sounds good, but I feel like it was a um, damaging influence in my life early on um, that I have since deconstructed a little bit. There's a buzzword for you.
0: Wow. Mm. Anyways, I feel like it's... I feel like it's helpful for me to add that I also was like a part of a couple very like just straight up like Pentecostally influenced youth groups Mm. um and I didn't have any sort of experience with like a more traditional or liturgical or any denomination besides non-denominational really church so i i don't know i just feel like that shapes how i thought about stuff a lot and like when i went to bible school and then realized i was going to a reformed college it was kind of like i felt like there was no point to having denominations
1: yeah i um definitely up, grew up with a different
0: get off your phone uh,
1: um i definitely grew up with a different. View, um, although I don't necessarily consider myself Baptist now, um, I think non denom is a misnomer because um, non denominational is a denomination. Any any way you want to describe your church, even if it's just your own church, you are giving yourself a denomination. Wow. So, um, and without a larger structure in place to keep your church or yourself in check, um, things can get out of hand or isolated, which is something obviously we're leery of, uh, seeing as we're starting a podcast to talk to people so that we're not isolated in our viewpoints. Thank you, Micah.
0: So... Okay, and I think the next larger part of our, the next, the next stepping stone for us that helps shape our worldview is probably going to Bible school.
1: And by great. Bible school, uh, she means Kuiper College, which is um, a, technically it's RCA, it's but very close ties to the CRC a little bit more, um, being Reformed Church of America versus Christian Reformed Church. Um which shaped both of our views regarding church, um, the world, and the mission of God.
0: But I will say, when I first, when I first attended Kuiper, I was like, in, I had culture shock.
1: Is that- yeah, that was a sneeze. Oh. I didn't, I didn't have too much culture shock. Reformed and Baptist, or at least in my growing up, were very similar in theology and view other than on infant baptism, well, I thought um, they like, pretty much.
0: I mean, that, they were dead to me, you know. Who? Who's they? Kuiper. They had no Holy Spirit. They only raised their hands sometimes. <sighs> and also, when they talked about Martin Luther, I was waiting for them to keep continue and say King Jr. <laughs> I didn't know that talk about Calvin. I was like, who is this guy? And, like, everyone, like, worships him. And I was like, oh, mad. No one worships him
1: at Kuiper College.
0: I know. I know that now. And that's an important part, I think, of my, like, formation was like, I don't know. I think... (laughs) You're ruining the podcast.
1: I think you're ready for bed. (laughs) Are you going to be quiet because you don't want to go to bed? (laughs) was that word? Um, I uh, think that was helpful for you. Um, yeah. The, for sure. It almost prepared you to learn because you all of a sudden were hearing a lot of things you had never heard. So you were almost like, oh, I don't know anything. I don't know. I don't mean to speak for you, but. I
0: think that's, that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And by, I mean, every year I thought, I'm going to transfer, I'm going to quit, but. I was too far in with scholarships and loans and stuff, and so, uh, by the grace of God, I stayed at (laughs) Kuiper, and now I feel that I have a better, I really really appreciate the Reformed tradition now. I learned a lot, and it really shaped my view on worship, and, um...
1: Explain how it shaped your view on worship. Uh, okay. What was your view of worship prior okay. to Kuiper College, yeah, and what is your view of worship now, as so, a result of okay. Kuiper College? So I'll
0: will point out a couple times that I remember that I was like, "What the heck at Kuiper?" When I was, <laughs> what the heck? when I was in class, uh, the first time that I can recall was um, when one of my professors, who's awesome. Uh, Dr. Holcaltor, she was going through all the things that worship is not, and uh, she said one of those things that she said it's not was self-expression, and that just like blew my mind because I was like, wait, what? No, like we're singing out a song to God, and we're uh, it's like a child making something for their uh, their parent or like yeah, I just was. That was a huge paradigm shift, I suppose, to use a big cliche term Mm -hmm. for me, because I was just. I had always thought of worship as an expression in my heart and an expression of how I feel about God, versus engaging with God, giving glory to God, entering into a dialogue with God. Um, And then I also remember.
1: How so? How did she explain that as not being an expression? She said it wasn't. What? Yeah. How did she counter but, that?
0: But she countered it. Well, she she really pushed a lot of it's obviously to glorify God, but it's engaging with God. you and it's a a dialogue. The service is a dialogue. So that I don't know. It just kind of it revealed that I had kind of a weird view. And I don't know, and I, I I keep going back to something that she did teach us that we're not like the worship leader is not responsible for the emotions or the experience of the congregation, and that is like something that if I'm ever feeling nervous or I feel like I'm doing a bad job, I just always like <laughs> I just I always find myself going back to that because it's true. It's, she says it's the Holy Spirit's job, not our job to, to do that. All
1: right, I'm going to hand Micah back to Sarah.
0: <laughs> we tried.
1: <laughs> um, so then what, because um, I didn't take the same classes. I didn't have the same major yeah. as Sarah. Yeah, and I guess so I what would that, the. Um, I went for music and worship degree. Yeah, and I went for uh, pre-seminary. Um, we both have our bachelor's degree from Kuiper College.
0: So obviously it's. We're, uh, we have qualifications to do a podcast. Obviously. Basically, Preston Sprinkle.
1: Combined, Sarah and I are the Preston Sprinkle of Grand Rapids. (laughs) Michigan. Yes. Um, so I guess what was her answer to, um, what the job of a worship leader, music worship leader, Mm -hmm. um if it wasn't um, cultivating experience and expression on the part of the congregation?
0: It's helping the congregation engage with God. And so that means having a biblical view of worship. and um,
1: That's a vague term.
0: I know. It's vague, but it's also very, like, that's what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. It's redundant.
0: Yeah. Um, what was the question again? What sure, is the, what is what is the, the worship the, leader's job? Yes. Help the congregation engage with God, and in a way you are pastoring because you are teaching theology and mm-hmm. you're teaching every Sunday when people show up, they're being taught who they are and who God is and how that. how is that going to play out?
1: If you're not responsible for their emotions, what, what are you responsible for? Uh, the teaching, it sounds like. Yes. Um, but then I guess what is your definition of worship?
0: Yeah, well then worship is glorifying God. And you're doing it in the, in, on His terms. Okay. It's revealed in the Bible. Okay. And that was another thing that I was like, wait, what? But God has given us, like, I I was like, God's given us freedom, I can do whatever, but, um, well, okay, so currently, where are we at? Um. With our, like, things that shape our worldview, or influence us.
1: Um, in regards to. I think,
0: like, okay, so we think we're really smart, and listen to a lot of podcasts,
1: no, well, we listen to a lot of podcasts because we think we're not smart.
0: No, I think I'm smart.
1: Huh? I see. <laughs> we're listening to podcasts for different reasons.
0: No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, we're, I am, we're, we're I've currently been, serving at old oh, yeah serving at a church right now.
1: Uh-oh. Um, called Takehold Church. It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, We've had a rocky history as a church. We've only been a part of it for two years or so. Um, But Sarah's currently serving as a worship pastor there. Um, Three months into a year-long commitment. Um, We're a congregation of about 30-ish attendees per week. Including us. And it
0: used, it used, to, it used to, to be to be Yeah, closer to 100. So, but,
1: yeah, we just went through a church split recently. But don't necessarily have to talk about that yeah, in the first sure. podcast.
0: But all that, that entails, I guess, is we've been thinking a lot about church. Like, what is church?
1: Yeah. And trying to realize that culturally, politically, and religiously... Um, the church in America, or at least the churches that we've gone to, have had a tendency to isolate themselves, um, and kind of dig their feet in with how they do church. Mm-hmm. Um, More like a brand. Yeah, or like, for me, it was a very well. We're biblical and we're doctrinal, um, and kind of at the expense of other churches that were also biblical and doctrinal, um. So realizing that a healthy view of the church is one that can embrace different expressions of faith within the larger um, big C church, um, as long as there is orthodoxy, which obviously is up for debate and interpretation. But... um, A less we've got it right view um, in our church is something that we think is important. A a level of humility um, and a understanding that our church is not necessarily unique. Um, It's different because all churches are different, but there's not like a special uniqueness about the church that we used to attend or the church that we attend now, um, but that God's doing things in every church that it is. Seeking to bring glory to his name.
0: Yeah, I just while you were talking, I thought about another thing that shapes our shapes us the way we think. We live in Grand Rapids, mm. and Beer
1: City, USA.
0: No, we're drunks. Just kidding. No, no, we are surrounded by Christians. Mm. Like we we attended
1: th- a college on the roads called East Beltline, and it's called it's the Bible Beltline. Belt Beltline. Yeah, the Bible Belt no. line, because uh, our, our school, uh, which was only about 300 students, is mm. about th- two or three miles north of another Christian college, which is, which three is three larger, of but yeah, Christian which is two college? or three it's miles. It's
0: like three on one road. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so and there's a large, also Christian publishing influence in Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. Michigan. Um, there's Airdmans, there's Baker. Zondervan. Zondervan, all kind of centralized in Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. um, so
0: and, we like and, we, we grew up in families that were all like pretty much all Christian. Mm-hmm. All most of our friends are Christian. Yeah, and My so work, like I work at a church uh, that's Christian. It's just a very but gorgeous,
1: we work at Applebee's and basically that's
0: that's like our our
1: main interaction with people of different faiths or not any faith at all um and we talk to our neighbors sometimes but yeah our main interaction with non-believers is through work and we're kind of seeking to increase our exposure and increase the conversations we have with people who have um very different worldviews from ours Mm -hmm. um within the church or outside of the church.
0: Yeah, the debates or the discussions we do have with people that we get close enough to do that, we still share faith.
1: Mm-hmm. We try to, at least. So, again, you're listening to the first episode of the Pagan Pastors and Secular... Nope. Slightly... sort of Saints. sort of Saints. Of Saints. <laughs> we don't even know the name. So, uh, listening. You're, lis- you're listening to the first episode of pagan pastors and sort of saints and we hope you enjoyed listening to the first episode Um, again our goal is to kind of um, seek out conversation and 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 engage in conversation with people of different backgrounds and worldviews than our own so as to keep from allowing ourselves to become isolated and um, insulated from uh, the world around us